podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Looking back at the first day's play in the Trent Bridge Test, the third test. And I've got a special guest today. I've got... Prakash Wakanka, who's been working on TMS and commentates, of course, in India, and is very much our Indian expert over here. <laughs> Don't laugh. But actually, I, I would imagine 307 for six at the end of the day, you as an Indian would be rather happy with that, actually. Well, absolutely. I mean, ever since I got here uh, at the end of the month, uh, Simon, very clearly is the only day I've had a smile on my face, or at least the beginnings of a smile, because uh, this has clearly been the best batting performance by India by a long way. First time... Second time, actually, in 10 innings in England, that India got past 200, forget 300. And the first time in nine overseas innings after Centurion last year that uh, India got past 300. So that tells you how important this, this score is. And the fact is they were put into bat on you know, a reasonably helpful-looking pitch in reasonably helpful-looking conditions with the whole spectre of our India mentally shot to bits mm. hanging over them as well. I just loved the fact that they defied all expectations and predictions and got to, what was it, 30, no, 60-odd, 60 for no wicket till they lost their first wicket, and then 82 for, for two-ish. So, and, the, and the, the threats of Anderson and Broad, which... I wrote about at great length in in the Times, totally nullified. Well, yes, and I think it, it was... Uh, you've got to give credit where it's due. I mean, uh, Sanjay Bangar, the, the batting coach, has been under the cosh for a while. Shikhar Dhawan dropped for the last game, came back. I thought Shikhar in particular played very late today. Mm. Uh, I don't know what your sense was, but I just got the feeling that maybe in the opening spells, both Broad and Anderson... Just a tad short, maybe didn't make them play as much. Yeah, I think actually it was more, it was more width, yeah. I think, than short. Funnily enough, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think the the nature of the wicket as well, uh, Yasser. I mean, the fact that the ball wasn't sort of skidding through like we saw at Lords and at Edgbaston. I think all of those factors combined with a greater degree of application. Mm. I mean, you have to say that uh, Dhawan got a very good ball from Books. Mm. Uh, the one that came back and trapped Rahul was also a good jack back yeah. after having tailed away in the air. Yeah. Uh, yes, Pujara will be kicking himself because the first time in five years he's played that hook shot and look where it dropped him. <laughs> 2013, I remember, against New Zealand was the last time he played a hook and got out. And then actually went on to say, I won't play the hook. And I haven't seen him play it. Hmm. Uh, don't know what came over him, but uh, maybe it's the pressure that he doesn't score quickly. And then Rahane rode a little bit of luck, dropped at 57, a couple of sort of nicks here and there. But I thought that 150-run partnership might have just restored some confidence in this batting line. And, and it was a, a, a stand of, of contrast, really, because Rahane is very much the sort of disciple of Raul Dravid and, you know, defensive and kind of soft hands and beautiful technique. Whereas I was very interested by Coley's approach today because I uh, I did some fielding drills in the week with uh, sort of like a little masterclass. I was just asking the questions before you question my fielding <laughs> ability. Though I did actually do a diving stop in that you TMS did. match. Yesterday, I, yeah. I think it was a little bit um, staged, that really. I was sort of 
slow to get to it and then had to put the dive in. Anyway, um, the, the, the fielding drills I was doing with Nick Gubbins, and we'll hear from him actually on this podcast in a couple of days talking about the, the, the T20 Blast, the Vitality Blast, but he was talking about cutting down angles as a, a cordon slip mm. fielder. Or as, sorry, as a... He was talking about cutting down angles in the ring in a one-day game rather than giving with the ball, going at the ball to try and narrow the angle of a shot or a, an aerial kind of hit. And I thought Coley was doing that today a little bit. He was trying, rather than playing the ball late, back on his stumps, letting it swing, he was going the other way. Mm. He was going forward, meeting standing it. out of his feet, meeting it, trying to almost smother it. Yeah. And again, narrowing the, the possible movement or smothering the movement. Yeah, quite I, interesting. I could, couldn't agree with you more. And I think it was possibly as a result of his dismissal in the second innings, it was just conjecture on my part at Lord's, where he had trouble with the ball coming in. He did have some trouble today as well, a couple of inside edges onto the pad. And I think he's just decided that he's got to try and find a way of staying ahead of the England seamers. And uh, he, he was actually, there was a period of time there, like you said, where Rahane suddenly looked to be the, the more aggressive, the more dominating kind of partner, and Virat took his time. But once he started playing, then, of course, the fluency that we know came from him. Didn't show too many signs of that sore back, I thought he was still mm, within himself yes. a little bit. Um, just, just a, he'll be he'll be cursing himself for that uh, lose drive. Well, um, beautiful bit of cricket that was because you know we I was watching Rashid a bit today and for a, quite a while he was long leg both ends yes. and I thought he was going to have another fresh air game like at Laws where he didn't bat or bowl and actually the only contribution he had was losing a, a top edge and not sure where it landed at Laws and that was about all he did <laughs> uh, and, and everyone laughed but here. Long leg both ends for a while, then eventually called on to bowl. Bowled innocuously, was hit for some falls behind the square on the leg side, and they just milked him really and didn't look in any trouble. And then that beautiful moment, he came on what sort of four overs from the new ball, dangled one outside off. Yep. Coley couldn't resist it. Plays with his heart on his sleeve. Big drive, court slip, fantastic. Ab- absolutely, and I think his first spell, uh, Rashid's was five overs, none for twenty nine or something like that. So he was making no impact. And then that massive sort of uh, boost in the arm, if you will, for him with the wicket of the Indian captain. And, and, you know, I think that might well turn out to be a defining moment because the way the wicket was playing and the way Virat was playing, it looked like he had an opportunity for a big one here. Mm, Yeah, and he would have been able to to shepherd the the lower order, of course, whereas now... Uh, slight inexperience, stroke, lack of ability, with Pandya also gone at the end of the day. So, one other... You know the champagne moment of the day has to be Rashad Pant. Oh, unbelievable! You know, I, I was t- talking to our colleague on, on on the Five Live commentary today, and I said to him uh, as Pant came in, you know, this guy he's not going to hang about. No. I've seen him in the uh, the I game feel. against the England Lions, yes. just bash the spinners over the top almost the second ball. I said, oh, I bet he goes over the top. Didn't not remotely imagine he was going to go over the top second ball for a straight six. Absolutely. He's the first Indian now, and this is courtesy Andrew Sampson, these stats, but uh, first Indian ever to begin his test career with a scoring shot for six. The third in the world to have done it off the second ball, and one of six who have uh, their first scoring shot is a six. <laughs> Fearlessness of youth, I think. I mean, we saw Sam Curran, we saw yeah. uh, Ollie Pope. Uh, these youngsters, because I think they're coming up on this diet of, of competitive cricket, they're not too worried about reputations or occasions, they just make their own. 
Yeah. And he's looked pretty good, and yeah. one has to say, on balance. He hit a good four off broad through the leg side yep. to bring up the 300 that, that you mentioned, and another one cuffed through the offside. The other player I found interesting to watch today was Ben Stokes. Inevitably, the, the focus was on him a fair bit. What would he do today? How would he handle the, the traumas of the last few days? And actually, he was just all action. You know, you look at him, his whites were just covered in dirt and dust, and he's diving around. He actually did some brilliant stops off uh, Coley driving the ball. He was scrapping around, with, with, obviously, in other spots as well. He bowled a little bit irregularly, kind of went for a few runs, then came on and did some bounces towards the end with a sort of leg theory field mm. that didn't quite work, but finished the day with a good catch to get well, rid of Coley. Very good, very important catch as well. I just thought he was maybe trying a bit too hard. It was almost as if, as you said, he needed to demonstrate to the crowd and to the people watching on television how committed he was. It was almost like that because he's such a, such a brilliant cricketer. I mean, nobody ever uh, would question his ability. And I think in that process, maybe he... Uh, didn't make as big an impact on the game as he otherwise would have. Mm. Uh, because I thought in his bowling in particular, you could almost feel that he was straining mm. for that little extra bounce, that little yard of pace, and may have not controlled things as well. But tomorrow will be a different day for him. He, he looked like a caged animal, someone who's been stuck in a courtroom for about 10 days, actually desperate to get out and have a run around, you know, like a dog that's been chained up. Uh, one other little fact I've got for you, and I just wanted to, to, to pass this one, <coughs> run this one by you, is... Apparently, this is the 38th test in which India have picked a different team. Under Virat, the f- it is, I think, the 40-something uh, test overall in a sequence because there were six tests before Virat became captain with Dhoni where also this had happened, uh, where the, the team had not been... Uh, the same 11 had not been played. Mm. Uh, I might be getting my numbers mixed up with one or two here or there, but the fact is... Virat has carried on and consistently done it. Hmm. Uh, we were sitting with some colleagues the other day and checking this out. About five or six times there was good cause. There was an injury or there was completely different conditions. But one wonders what this is. In Back home in India, a lot of press uh, is being written, a lot of words are being written about the revolving door, as they're calling hmm. it. Uh, is that causing insecurity? Uh, there's a counter theory that says, yeah, well, a little bit of that is not such a bad thing hmm. because you know you're not taking your place for granted. There's a fine balance there. And uh, I have no idea, frankly, as to whether uh, Virat does it because it's just the way he's made up and it's a thing with him, uh, or it is the fact that you know he just goes with horses for courses. The idea of retaining winning combinations. I mean, he's changed teams after winning games. Well, most of those 38 games, probably at least half of those games, they've won. Yes, so they have. You're, you're saying that they've often changed a winning team. They have, they have. And, and I really don't know what the, the rationale for it is. Um, one of these days, someone will have to get inside his brain and figure it out, I think. I suppose it, what it does say is that you, you Indian people, if I can call you in that sort of general term, have a way of living where you sort of almost expect the unexpected. Well, and you I mean, don't really know what's going to happen from one day to the next, so maybe I know that's what you're reflected saying. in your well, selection. I, I know what you're saying, and I, th- I think that that'll apply more to the other 13 or 14 members of the squad, really, because you then have to go back and fall back on the sort of ancient way of living, if you will, the, the broader Hindu ethos, which says that you do what you can and you leave the rest to the man upstairs. 
And if that man wants you to play, you will. And in this case, that man might well be Virat Kohli. Uh, on <laughs> yeah. tour, of course, there's also this debate, rather interestingly, of what is the selection committee. I mean, formally and officially, we all know there are two Indian selectors here. There's the captain, the vice captain and the coach. So it's a five-member team. I'm not sure how much of that is happening because at Lords, uh, there was a question about Kuldeep's uh, inclusion and Rahane sort of hummed and hawed a little and then had to say it was the choice of the captain and the coach, quote-unquote. So, yes, I mean, uh, Indian captains have run uh, Indian cricket the way uh, Virat is running. It's no different. And I do think there's another important point that the sort of nebulous or hazy nature of the BCCI in the last two and a half, three years with the whole Lodha Commission, Supreme Court intervention, etc., there hasn't been a strong BCCI body, good, bad or ugly. There hasn't been a Srinivasan, there hasn't been a Dalmia, there hasn't been a Pawar who's been in charge and can actually ask the awkward questions. And I don't know if that is another factor that leads to a situation where very much the squad, particularly overseas, is left to themselves in their own devices. Mind you, the selectors are supposed to and will name a squad for the balance two test matches at the end of this test. So some of these guys here maybe on ten to rooks on that count as well. Wow. And it very much is, from what you're saying, it sort of very much is the Kohli Shastri show then. The Kohli Shastri show certainly today defied expectations, 307 for six. So how do you see it tomorrow? England have got the second new ball. It's just been four or five overs, about yeah. four, or overs, four or five overs old. You can probably hear in the background the, the covers going on because tomorrow uh, the forecast isn't quite so good, I don't think. A bit more cloud cover. Might not be a great day for batting, actually, tomorrow. May not be. And, and I think the key question will be Ashwin to come now. Uh, there isn't a lot of batting after that because uh, Jaspreet Bumra brought into the side will not even have the ability that Umesh Yadav has with the bat. So it's really up to Ashwin and Pant. They can hang around for an hour or so and get 30, 40 more runs. What is it, uh, South Africa, when they beat England here, 340-ish? Yes, yeah. So you never know. And, and very honestly, I mean, 87 for 7 was the worst performance that England had with the bat in a period of play in this series so far. Who knows what can happen? There's no Sam Curran. Um, and, and so if you're picking sort of theories... Uh, that'll happen, but the wicket looks a good batting track. So there's no reason at all why this couldn't go similar to the 2014 Trent Bridge Test, which became a tall-scoring game, and Anderson got that 80 yard in yeah, root. I think right. got an unbeaten 150. Yeah, they put on 190 for the last wicket. Amazing. Um, I, I can't see that happening again. But uh, you never know with this great game. It's very dry, isn't it? It is very dry, and that's the key. Will, will there be turn for Ashwin? No, I don't know. I don't know. It's, well, we'll see. Anyway. Prakash, thanks very much for your My time. My pleasure. We'll hear you tomorrow on TMS, no doubt. Uh, meantime, we'll uh, toddle off for our evening uh, pints or whatever we have, and we'll speak to you again tomorrow for the second day's play in this Trentbridge test. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Podcast Network.